Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you troubled by stale podcasts in the middle of the night? Do you love films that feature the busting of spooks, specters, or ghosts? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Ghostbusters Resurrection is an RPG audio drama combining tabletop gaming and cinematic paranormal elimination adventures. Call the professionals at nerdyshow.com slash ghostbusters. We are ready to believe you. Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And... With the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Girl Talk. Oh, no, wrong wrong podcast, wrong podcast. Yeah. It's Flame On! Hey! Yay! That's the one! We are back uh, with another... That was weird. Another half cast. <laughs> with another, another <laughs> skeletal <laughs> remain of cast members. Oh, uh, it's another cast episode where it's uh, me, Pat. You're talking bearskin rug, and I'm joined by BJ. Hey, what's up? And Eric. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic pause. Pause for effect. Pause for effect. It's me. <laughs> Anywho, we are back to talk about pop culture and whatever gets our motor running. Get your motor running. I mean, head out, out on, on the highway. highway. No. At least you got where I was going with that. <laughs> no. Thank you. Uh, it is the month of November. It is almost thanksgiving here in the united states if you're outside of the states then um happy uh third week of uh, fourth week of november thanksgiving oh how about thanks living oh! <laughs> we we didn't really death drop y'all theater <laughs> of the mind they believe you did <laughs> they didn't hear eric or you go ow <laughs> so they knew you did not do it or we knocked ourselves out <laughs> oh Next time you death drop, how about you reverse that and drop dead? <laughs> oh, so mean. <laughs> that was my favorite Adora read during season six. 
Anywho, back to <laughs> pop culture. We are going to uh, take this a little bit differently. Normally, we do sections and uh, kind of discuss things. Very uniform. Yeah. And um, I wanted it to be a little weird this time around and a little funky and odd. And we are going to go around and throw out a topic. And we're going to chat on it for a little bit. So I will throw out the most uh, prevalent news story that has come up in the last uh, week or so. And that is the passing of Stan Lee. He passed away at the age of 95. Wow. Like, we knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Well, yeah, I think I it's, mean... it's been almost an exact year since his wife... His, when did his wife pass away? Is it two years ago? Oh, I don't remember. I think it was, it was either two years ago, but it was, like, almost to the anniversary. Wow. And when you have an older couple like that... Usually, the, the male does not live that much longer. Doesn't even last the, a year. Yeah, once the wife passes away. So, I mean, he was still kicking, and good for him. You know, it, it's definitely a blow to the comics industry. I know that there's a lot of well, uh, stories. Majority of what we've seen are positive, which is great. You like to see that somebody that has that much of an impact in the industry has so many people that he's affected in a positive way. And I know that there's some, you know kind of shady underbelly to the industry as a whole yeah yeah you know as far as being able to give people the uh credit for some of their, their creations and taking a little bit of ownership where you're not really should be taking the ownership yeah but i i think that speaking in, in general terms he was an, a, an amazing impact and Definitely somebody that was revered and respected within the community. A, f- a friend of mine put it really well is that his his kind of send off for Stanley was, you know, Stanley has always had kind of there's always been a history of like where credits do and stuff like that. However, he has always advocated for creativity and the imagination and and giving forth to the world that, those sort of things. So it's just one of those things where he, st- even though there is like all that background stuff that happened, which happens with any business, with any industry, he still put forth a lot of positivity and stuff with a uh, comic, uh, comic books, and he he always celebrated it. He never like ever got, and he never seemed like he got tired of it. Yeah, and I mean he was the face of Marvel, and in a lot of cases, just comics in general. Yeah, you know, even if you weren't a devout comic reader. You knew who Stanley was, and especially at the height and the heyday in the '90s, when you know his face is plastered on everything from Pizza Hut to Oh my God, he had a reality show. I just yes. forgot about that. Which yeah. who one of our one yeah. of our friends was on that show? Dan Williams. Yes. Oh man, did he win? I don't think so. Oh, okay, but he was but, he was up there though. Yeah, as that's where he was able to be the uh, gay superhero Parthenon. Yes, that was the one. Oh. And he uh, he posted a loving little tribute and uh, the picture of him at the on the red carpet at uh, the premiere of Who Wants to Be a Superhero? I think was the name of the show. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's that's really awesome. That like you know kind of six degrees of separation. Wow. For us here, uh, but on a positive note to it, he did film cameos for a couple of more Marvel movies. Yep. Including Avengers Four, whatever that's going to be titled. And um, I think Spider-Man and Captain Marvel, and there might be one more that I'm not remembering. I think so. But he, I, I want to say it was like four more upcoming Marvel films that he has done cameos for already. So we'll have that legacy. And you know it's going to be sad as fuck when the cameos appear in the film and it's going to be like, there's Stan. 
But, you know. It, it's it's going to be even harder when we get to that first movie that doesn't have his cameo well, in it. So yeah. there's apparently like some sort of fan outcry that since Stanley can no longer do the cameos, that they should have Deadpool do them since now Fox is kind of owned by Disney and everything. What I would like to see is... I mean, that'd be that'd be cute. Maybe I, his I daughter. I can understand it. Um, I want to see like a picture. Like you can have an image of Stan. Stan that doesn't necessarily be... be need to be there, but like have them walk by a wall, like you know, of CEOs of the of the company or whatever, and have Stanley's picture that, up on the that's, wall. That's what they did with um, Harold Ramis and uh, the go- the most recent Ghostbusters movie. He was a uh, professor at the university that one of the characters was teaching at, and there was just a bust of him in this hallway of like the remembered professors. And it was just a nice little nod. I would, yeah, that would actually be really cute. I would really like that a lot. I would like to see them start to come up with different ways, like do a bust, do a a, a, a portrait or something, and give it kind of a almost a, a a creative like contest in a way of like what can we do to make this like you know this remembrance of Stan or or have some sort of thing there. Or if there like even just the scene where he's like where somebody's like going through like a ledger and Stanley's name. And like original addresses there, yeah, like just flipping through. Oh, for sure. Like there, there could be a whole bunch of different ways that you could do, it, and I think that would be awesome to, yeah, honor his legacy and all of the cameos that he has done. So our next topic, BJ, I'm gonna have you throw one out, and let's right. talk about it. Are you ready for this? No. I mean, are are you ready? I don't think I'm ready for the jelly. <laughs> Apparently. The lawsuit against um, Chilling Adventures to Sabrina is not slowing anything down because December 14th, we get a, a holiday special. Chilling, yes. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, mid, uh, Midwinter's Tale. That's, uh, that was very interesting that they threw in another episode there. Yeah. Which is cool, though. Which I think takes place after the finale. Ooh. Yeah. It's all under wraps. They just announced it. They haven't even released a trailer or any, anything for it. Um, but it drops December fourteenth, and it's um, it's apparently the uh, the Church of the Knights, ver- their version of Christmas. So, hopefully, slightly less cannibalism, <laughs> probably cannibalism. So Prob- I just, they probably won't have the infamous statue in this at all. That actually, anyway. that's yeah. I they haven't. Um, I do know in the lawsuit they mentioned that, um. It's not actually the satanic church. It's like the satanic temple. It's like a different group because the satanic church is like, no, we're not suing them. However, <laughs> well, because it's not their copyright. Exactly. And that was the uh, I saw yeah, BJ, you did post that on the Flame On page. So if you guys have not seen that or you're not sure what we're talking about, you can always pop over to facebook.com forward slash Flame On and uh, just scroll down a little bit and you'll see the article or the link that BJ is referencing. And it, uh, they, the Church of Satan or the Satanic Church, uh, kind of called them out and has called out the Satanic Temple for these, like, ridiculous, uh, publicity stunts. Yeah. So, and I was reading through, like, they've sent cum rags to Congress, you know, Congress members. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's kind of just ridiculous stuff. That's the, that's the version of the Satanic Church that, like, Christian people think it is. There's a, there's one that's like, no, we're just a normal church, and so then there's the one so, that's like, so it's the Westboro Satanic Temple, <laughs> pretty much. There we go. Yeah, um, yeah. The Satanic Church is that the Satanic Temple were the ones that commissioned that particular statue of Baphomet and 
I, I don't know if I'm saying it right or not. No, no you're I saying never it right. know if I'm saying it right. Uh, but that was what it like. They they were the ones who had commissioned it, so it is not. It's them suing, not the Satanic Church, and that it was probably based kind of off of the original plaster casting before they did the bronze casting. So we'll see how that turns out. I don't think it's going to really mean much for Netflix, to be honest. If anything, they'll have to pay out some money just because it, if it is copyrighted. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. I don't think I don't think the Satanic Temple will get as much as they want, though. No, no. And like, and I remember the article is just like, wait, can't you? Like a lot of people would look at were looking at me when I mentioned the article, and they were just like, wait, you can't copyright a religious symbol, though. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's it's it was like there's commission the work done. It was just super weird. Yeah, so it'll just end up probably being like some quote unquote damages for using the the image for or, not asking for permission or something yeah. Like that. As a commissioned image versus, you know, it being a for the actual like deity image. No. So we're looking forward to more Sabrina. I know that when we did our last episode, so the one right before this in the feed, we talked about the chilling adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. So if you want to hear some of our thoughts on that show, go back one episode in the feed and check it out. Eric, what do you want to talk about? Well, I want to wish Ms. Mother RuPaul, a happy Mama birthday, a happy belated birthday, as this is the day after the anniversary of his, her, they birth. And I told you, she, Mama Ru does not use pronouns. <laughs> Mama Ru <Roo laughs> is always referred to in the third person, even when speaking directly to Mama Ru. <laughs> it's either Mama Ru or RuPaul. Mama Ru. And that's it. Well, my apologies <laughs> to... It's too late to RuPaulogize. <laughs> Is too late. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but in honor of RuPaul's birth, there was a, a a show came out last week, two weeks ago on Netflix involving a lot of alum from... Um, yeah, I think it was probably about two-ish weeks or so. Yeah, yeah it was two weeks. Ago. Yeah, for Super Drags. Uh, which is... I was super confused about what it was at first. And then when I started playing the first episode and the credits were in Portuguese, yeah, I yeah. thought I hit the wrong like one. Like, <laughs> you had to go through the settings and be like... And then I was excited for the show based on the voiceover cast. Yes. Which uh, includes who? Willem, Trixie Mattel, Shangela, and... Ginger? Ginger. And then I don't know who plays the blue... Uh, it's a voiceover actor. He is not a drag race uh, person, or I think a drag queen at, at all. I looked yeah. him up, and he's done Jack other Hughes. work, but he's not a uh, he's not a queen. Yeah, uh, I mean, he might be a queen, right? And I thought the designs, the character designs, were uh, yeah, they were the animation's gorgeous. Like I think the animation, yeah. I really like the animation. I just really did not know, and they certainly do not advertise this anywhere. <laughs> That this is a foreign-made cartoon. Yeah, it's, Brazil, Bra- it's a Brazilian web series. Um, that then they dubbed into English. Not a direct dub, though. Because I think the closed captioning is for the original translation. Yes. Because, <laughs> because I tend to watch Netflix with closed captioning on because uh. I'm multitasking when I watch Netflix. So it helps to just, oh, okay, that's what they're saying. And the closed captioning did not match at all what was being said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it had the general idea, but no. 
well, which made it even harder to watch than it already is. Well, uh, when I watch anime and stuff, I always have it on Japanese and it's, it's subtitled. Yeah. It's just how the way I like to watch it. So when I first started watching this, it was in Portuguese and subtitled. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, let me just, let me, I'm, cause I, in my head, I'm like, oh, well, I want to hear like the, the drag race gang do it. And I didn't even make it five minutes. I think it was the condom force field. I was like, I could kind of get with this, and then I was I was done. It is very. It seems to be very polarizing within the community as to the value of this show. I do like that we are getting content that is drag queens, that is LGBT, that is. stuff that's made for us but at the same time i personally and this is my opinion it is not reflective of the nerdy show network or any other organization <laughs> oh boy uh it, the it, wind up well no i just i because we do know a lot of these people like we're good friends with ginger minge yes i uh, will put that out there if you listen to flame on at any point in time you've seen the 47 episodes she's been on uh, she's our honorary, like, you know, six, sevens, whatever cast member of the show. <laughs> and uh, I love Trixie Mattel to death. Willem is awesome. Shangela is amazing. And you can give her anything to say, no matter how, like, ridiculous you think that the show is. And, and it she'll is... probably have a crowd after this holiday special coming up. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about that. That'll be part of your B, I'm sure. Everything that she said was phenomenal. It was really, really tough to watch. The Sailor Moon like transformations <laughs> made me cry a little bit on the inside because I'm like, now you're tarnishing my memory of <laughs> Sailor Moon. Although I do love the credits. I haven't gotten to, I haven't finished watching all five episodes that are only like 20 some odd minutes a piece. And I still haven't gone through all five of them. I want to see their like quote unquote Zords. Because Ginger's uh, character, it's the last episode. That's yeah, yeah. You have to get through it to get to the <laughs> to get to the animals. Uh, but I just love that Ginger's character, whose name in, as a boy is Patrick, and as a drag queen is Lemon. Yeah, because it's yeah. Lemon, Scarlet, and then the guy that's not a drag queen, the I blueberry. The, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a cereal. Uh, But Ginger's character gets to have a giant bear with a harness on it. (laughs) Nice. I love it. I love that. Um, There were some great lines. Honestly, in the episodes I've watched, there have been some great lines. Trixie's character of Champagne, when she's like, I have nothing to give you but silence and side-eye. And then the the animation turns and just, you know, the side-eye was like, that's classic. Like, that's golden. Shangela's lines are delivered flawlessly. It's just really tough because there are some things that, and I hate the word problematic, and I'm not going to use it to describe this, but there are some problematic, p- questionable <laughs> things that happen through it. There are some really good topics. It, it touches on conversion therapy. It um, touches on, I don't want to say catfishing, but this whole like fo- uh, filters and altering your pictures yeah. for your dating apps and all of these kinds of things that, like, you know, it, it, there are really good topics that are buried in there. There are just some really questionable things that happen around it that make it tough to get through. And it, I've seen a lot of people on my Facebook feed that are like, oh, my God, this is hysterical and I love it. And then there's some that are like, the fuck is this shit? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 
I think the fuck not <laughs> is basically <laughs> what they're saying. Because there is a way to do raunch yes. yeah. well and do raunch and be intelligent about it and actually come out and say something and still be raunchy as fuck. Which yeah. most of the queens that are involved with this that, that we know from Drag Race have that ability and do that in yeah. a lot of their acts and their shows. Yes. And I certainly enjoy that type of material. This just didn't feel overly smart. It didn't feel that thought through. And I don't know if it's mostly they're actually hindered by just trying to redub over an existing animation. I I feel like that's some of it. It limits the way they can tell these storylines. And so they're just trying to go for the biggest bag for the buck. That is just a matter of the fact that they don't really, they probably don't have anybody that's been involved with like like a like a dubbing company like Funimation or something like that that does that all the time. Like I'm blown away at like Dragon Ball Super has some of the funniest catty lines I've ever heard in an anime and I'm like how did they fit that in there? I feel like they listened to the DBZ abridged guys. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean the material's there. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like maybe they just didn't have the resource to kind of help them figure out how to put the to 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 maximize the time for each line because it's a challenge. I've right. I've seen a couple different documentaries on dubbing stuff, and so that, that I really think that is actually a good chunk of it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But that's out on Netflix as well. Watch it. Don't watch it. I mean, it's great to have LGBT content. Yeah. So at least go check it out. Make the opinion. For yourself, I always find it hard when, you know, I you always see, like I said, it's very divisive on whether or not it's liked by the community. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. At least then they see the views that there's some that there is a market there. Whether or not you watch all five episodes, up to you. <laughs> but at least support it from that. So that was your A. What's your B? I think you already hinted a little bit at B. My B is RuPaul's Drag Race Holiday Special. One night only. Uh One night only. One night night only. only. (laughs) We are the dream girls. We're your dream girls. Okay, sorry. (laughs) We are going to eventually go over like the thresholds and have to pay for rights to music. As long as we keep changing songs, it resets each time. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, one night only Hollisley special. AKA the reason to give Shangela a crown. I'm surprised <laughs> that Shangela and Trixie are involved with this because of honestly, I feel like it was at the end of AS3 and it was like whoever was in town and this is what they got. <laughs> yeah. So so like there I was gonna say there I know there's a episode of uh coming out where uh Trixie and Katya are gonna talk about some about the Christmas special and um All Stars Four. So I don't know if that's going to be something like i i feel like if you watch enough specials and online interviews you could kind of piece together the whole story that's quite possible some sort of drag queen sherlock <laughs> that's called reddit <laughs> so for this special we have eight returning queens who are competing in this one episode special that's going to be a lot of um Kind of like the final four episode of the regular season where Todrick is going to be coaching them through like production numbers and 
they're going to have like it's going to kind of be that type of setup versus a regular season where there's multiple episodes and you can do one challenge and then eliminate somebody. Do you have your list of contestants, Eric? I do. Yay! And this is pulled from the article on EW.com, and I just find it interesting the way they refer to some of the contestants when they list them. (laughs) They go, uh, that will pit former contestants Eureka O'Hara. Just Eureka. Thank you. Jasmine Masters. A Star is Born actor, Shangela. (laughs) Kim Chi. Latrice Royale. Mayhem Miller. Sonique. And All-Stars 3 champion, Trixie Mattel. So I just find it funny that everyone has just their name except for Trixie, because she just won, and then Shangela. Well, I mean, she was in, she's in one of the biggest movies out right now, so. Yeah. And it's Entertainment Weekly. I mean, if they didn't kind of give a nod to the fact that she was in A Star is Born. But, I mean, they could have just said, three-time contestant. (laughs) Well, I think three, three time also ran. <laughs> I, I think being in a star is born is a little bit more of a prop to her than this could be the third time that she loses this shit. Actually, no, the fourth time she loses this shit. I'm sorry. Exactly. No, that's definitely it's it's a very interesting mix of contestants. Yeah, it's like, okay, who just finished All Stars three? Oh, who's gonna be on All Stars four? And mayhem. <laughs> oh, sorry. And Sonique. Oh, I am so happy to see Sonique back on television. Yes. Because since she transitioned after her season, and she was the first contestant that publicly talked about it on the show. And we've talked about it before. We had an entire interview uh, episode back, back, back in the feed, uh, where she talked about the fact that she was very open and honest about it during the taping of this of the show, which is why if you go back and watch season two, there's not a lot of footage of her, is because they did not want to air that storyline during the actual show and they did it as this whole big thing that like that she came out as trans on the reunion where that was known and talked about by everybody beforehand there was the whole i want to say hullabaloo i want to say rabbit fan base there was a whole uh outcry about comments made by rupaul that if somebody has is a trans contestant and has had body modifications that she wouldn't want her on the show and i just used she i'm sorry that rupaul (laughs) would not want them on the show i know i'm sorry i'm sorry um sorry mama ru please forgive me so to see gia gun be named for all stars for and to see Sonique for this Holosley special, it's really cool to kind of see these contestants that have taken their transition to that next step or taken it further to be able to come back and be a part of the show again. Uh, and we haven't seen much of what Sonique can do in the four episodes she was on the show. And being friends with her former manager, working with her Parliament House, that bitch can throw the fuck down. So I'm glad that she's going to have a chance to be at least part of this special, yeah. which might open the door for maybe an AS5 or AS6 return to actually be able to showcase what she has done with herself since being on season two. So it is, it's wonky considering some of the other contestants that are on here, but I'm, I'm super excited to see her kind of kill it on this. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Which kind of, you say, you mentioned the words All-Stars 4. I segued into your 
B2. <laughs> exactly. Because Vitamin B2. Also, yes. we got the announcement trailer for All Stars 4. Yeah, some of them look sick, Nate. Right? Which do we need All Stars 4 right now? Oh, dear God, no. No. I, I need a break from All Stars. <laughs> we're going to run out of All Stars. Apparently, we already have because we're bringing back ones from All Stars 1. I mean, All Stars 1 was seen a hot mess. We haven't Cha Cha yet. So. <laughs> Uh, speaking of that i'm just gonna (laughs) chime in right quick if you didn't know already willem put out a new album called now that's what i call drag music volume one (laughs) first off i think it actually has one original song called hoops which is phenomenal the bigger the hoop the bigger the home is that the is that the video with all the dicks? Yes, that oh. is the video that is dick filled. Uh-huh. It was released on her Patreon, yeah. and you can watch it on Vimeo because you cannot watch it on YouTube because there's <laughs> too many penises. <laughs> she plays ring toss with one of the guy's dicks. It's fantastic. Is Boomer Banks in it? I feel like Boomer Banks would be in it. He's no. been in one of her videos. Before. I don't think he is, to be honest. I, I never really get past their waist, so I'm not quite sure who's in the video. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're actually they all the guys are super fucking hot in the video. <laughs> Which it's a Willem video where there's dicks. Of course there's gonna be hot men in it. There's hoops, there's drugs, which is I'm not a drug user, but dear god, I find myself singing that just randomly throughout my day. It's a parody of uh, or it uses the the song structure and the song the music from uh, For You by Rita Ora and Liam Payne. It was from the Fifty Shades Freed soundtrack. Uh, okay. And I went back and listened to it because I was like, Is it, it's a really good beat. And I was like, okay, I, yeah, I, could, I definitely hear it. But then I just found myself singing Willem's lyrics over <laughs> the song. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it has Eileen, which is um, done to Jolene by Dolly. But it's about, um, I don't know the, the woman's last name, but the, the murderer, the one that was the subject of Monster. Oh, that Charlize okay. Theron played, yeah. uh, and which also features Trixie Mattel on guitar and in the video as well. Oh wow! Not done up as Trixie, but as Brian. Uh, but those are all really great songs. My point for this is that there is a song on that album called Derek, where she oh, roasts yeah. the fuck out of Derek Barry. <laughs> is it in response to Derek Barry's roast, or, I, ge- or just in general? In general, Derek it starts Barry. out with uh, was it? Oh, Derek Barry, how were you supposed to know that no one died at Stonewall? <laughs> oh. oh, Derek Barry, you suck on four different balls. Because you're in a throuple. <laughs> wow. I lost my shit at that. But it, when you go into the second, uh, the second verse, it talks about like... Um, uh, if Derek Barry gets on All Stars, my head will explode. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. I now end this side tangent about Derek Barry. <laughs> Back to All Stars 4. So, a quick listing of the Queens on All Stars 4. We have Monet Echols. Oh, so excited. She looks so good in her promo. Yes, she does. Uh-huh. It was just a good promo all around. I think I don't think anybody looked bad in the promo. I mean, Jasmine Masters trying to look like RuPaul was interesting. Well, <laughs> that was yeah. a choice, but <laughs> but Monet's compared she, to her her season ten one. Yeah. Oh, girl, she uh, stepped her pussy up. She did a glow up yeah, for hers. Did. We have Latrice Royale, uh, Trinity. Jesus Taylor, is a biscuit. biscuit. <laughs> Let him sop you up. up. Uh, 
Trinity the Tuck Taylor. I uh, call shade. <laughs> I now I feel like I'm obligated to do something for each of these girls. Now. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. Pheromone and her highlighter. Oh, nobody told me I used too much highlighter. <laughs> I guess I'm not done. Uh, a Valentina. I can't stand her, so I'm not doing it. I'd like to keep it on, please. Which I, I, I liked Pheromone, but I honestly think the only reason she is on this season is so there is that tension between her and Valentina. Yes, because the oft, you don't love me. The oft rumored point of contention about AS3 was that they wanted Valentina for that one and Aja. And that when Valentina and her people found out that Aja was cast, they backed her out of All-Stars 3 because they did not want it to be a thing. Like, they did not want that to be the the reason why. The whole, you know, you're perfect. You're beautiful. You look like Linda Evangelista. So now we get the, you, you don't love me. Then we have Modi Cart. Yes. Facts are facts. Yes. Brown Cow studied Jasmine Masters, and she has something to say. <laughs> <laughs> hello pizza hut are you are you currently hiring okay good i'll be down to fill out an application shortly how about you take the get a, ch- a job challenge um naomi smalls and all her legs i was like did she even have like a catchphrase Not i don't really. think so no she, she's just like these are my legs I have a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of legs. And that was basically her song on the finale was her, legs, legs. The pair, I have legs. The, <laughs> the pair of legs formerly known as Naomi Smalls. Um, Gia Gunn. I just got here right off the boat, like fresh tilapia. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you feeling your oats? <laughs> I'm feeling my oats. Let me feel my oats. And Manila Luzon. Oh, wow. Anything I think of right now would just make me really racist if I said it. (laughs) (laughs) She was allowed to do it and still got bitched at on her season. Got you in a box. (laughs) I can't do it. Got you in a box, bitch. (laughs) I I mean, you can just do a crazy face to thinking about uh, MacArthur Park. That doesn't translate well for podcasts. No, not at all. (laughs) Even though podcasting is a visual medium. (laughs) Famously. Obviously. Um, But yeah, that's the cast for All-Stars 4. Who who are you excited for? Who do you think is going to win? Who am I excited to see on this list? I'm excited to see Manila. Because I just like Manila. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Trinity. Because I... I was really surprised by Trinity's run in um, Nine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because she really was more than just a pageant, the typical quote-unquote pageant queen, and she showed that she had a good deal of versatility. She wanted to break the astigmatism? Yes. (laughs) And this is probably post-botched, I think, or... Oh, I don't know. Was she on botched? Um, She went on one of the fixer-upper shows. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it might be this season, because I think she's in the ads for this season. Oh, interesting. For one of them. Um, that depends on when they film that, because this was filmed like last summer-ish, yeah. Yeah. or end of the summer. And then, I like Latrice and Monet. Who do you think is going to win? Or who would your ideal winner be? Let's put it that way. I think probably Trinity, but Latrice is up there. Okay. BJ, I, who are you excited for on my AS4? Uh, Monet and uh, Latrice. 
Cool. Who do you want to win? Who'd your ideal winner, babe? Uh, Monet. Monet. Yeah, I'm super excited to see what Monet is going to bring to the show because I feel like Monet is going to have an Aja like uh, run with this as far as her runways. Because yeah. that was where Monet's weakest point was was her runway looks and then pussycat wigs. But you know she's going to be bringing back some pussycat wigs. She is not going to give those up. I don't <laughs> that, think so. That is her look. I mean, that is. But the thing is, that's her look because that was her. That's her hustling look. That is her working in the city and having to do multiple, multiple, multiple shows and run from one place to the next on the subway or a cab or do whatever. Going through her season She's making and that being, RuPaul money now. Being ragged on by Mama Ru for her pussycat wigs, but now having that money and not having to do that same hustle. She's still hustling. Don't get me wrong. I want nobody sitting out there like, oh, well, she just finished up her, her run of her one-woman show in Europe and all this about. I get that, but she's not doing the same type of hustle for a dollar that she was doing in New York City. Yeah. She's doing the the drag race hustle where she in a new city every day and only has a couple of days off to breathe. But she's making that she's making that money, and I guarantee you that glow up that we saw in her promo will translate to her on the show as well in hair and dress. Right. And I'm super excited about that. So I'm I'm excited to see that. I would love to see her win. I don't think she will. I would love to see her win. And I mean, the other girls are cool. I don't care for Valentina. Is she and Jasmine Masters? Like they both nice people. Worked with them both. Enjoyed working with them. I don't love them as television characters. No, because that's what they are. Is they've become characters on this show. Yeah, and they're not my favorites. I kind of feel like Jasmine and Monique fill a similar role. Yes. And that they're the very, very outspoken ones. Yeah. Uh, Monique, I think, translates better to a TV show in general. Um, she has, I think, the more memorable, uh, memeable lines. Yeah. Jasmine. But Jasmine is the queen of meme at this point her youtube videos and all that yeah but i think that's more of a youtube thing it's less of a good television type yeah. of thing i think jasmine was a little more polished on her season yeah i mean she wasn't making her outfits 10 minutes before yeah. getting on the, the runway which is going to be interesting to see what monique brings now that she is she been has, on the show and has a little extra cash and she, is able to has, make her outfits beforehand she has one and a half coins now to <laughs> i like it i like it all right my next topic that i want to chat on is going to be american horror story apocalypse we have finished the season and i'm actually still a little confused Are you you're still confused not really confused like it, it actually wrapped itself up in that last episode. Yeah. Because there were points where I was like, how the fuck does this roll back around? Right? By episode nine, I was still like, I'm not sure how we get back to the beginning of the season. Because we were taken back in time and never made it back to that point. And I was really confused. Yeah. That last episode had a lot in there. I'm not going to go too deep into spoilers, just in case you haven't. Or at least right this second. We might talk about it in a minute. But... I am very happy with this season after last season. Yes. Because Cult, I watched the whole thing, but God help me, it took every ounce of willpower 
in every fiber of my being to get through it. Every bit of your hate watching points. Seriously, because I was like, we are living this nightmare right now. Yeah, why do I want to watch this? Literally living this nightmare right now. Why are you putting it on television for me to have to watch it? Right. Did did Colt have anything supernatural associated with it? No. No. Okay. No, not at all. It was more like the heart, like the horror of right. I don't even want to say right wing, but extremists. Right. Once you find an ideology and you run with it, it, in in today's world, especially with what had been going on with the election and all that. Yeah. This season, I think, 100% made up for it. I think this was one of the only seasons, or one of the only handful of seasons, that had a cohesive plot. No matter how crazy it got, it, it wrapped itself back up. It was It was subdued. It was. But my point is that a lot of times you get through five or six episodes and then it loses its way. It goes insane. It, yeah. it always gets thrown on its head and, like and you're like, show. the fuck is Where going on? We got through like seven and eight episodes and they're like, wait a minute, we still have too many characters. Oh, we're just going to have this one come in and shoot the place up and kill them all. Exactly. And it's like, what? 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 Or the aliens in Asylum. Like that point where it was just like, well, now we have aliens in the show. Who? Uh, I think they did a really good job with this one it may not be the epitome of like the greatest television but i give them credit for putting together so much having so many threads and actually keeping it woven together and coming to a conclusion that worked and whether or not it was a very deus ex machina ending it worked and came together and well my thing is that it was like the first season was pretty much a very simple it was a very simple premise haunted house i still think that's the best season it 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 had a people will fight me about coven but i still think that murder house because it didn't have anything it needed to worry about yeah like it was its own premise and it had a through line it had a point it made its point and it did it coven probably second place for me coven coven was the most entertaining to me yeah, it, I think Coven Mur- was the I most think Murder House was more horror than Coven was. Well, Murder, Murder House was just it was the it was the most simplistic kind of horror thing, but the way they the way they executed it was great in the fact that like you don't have like a spirit floating through the hallway, you don't have like you have people who are dead trapped in this house and you can you can push one down the stairs, 5 minutes later they're coming right back at you like but like that was the thing about apocalypse is apocalypse knew exactly what it was we're telling you a story about the apocalypse and they used characters from the previous seasons and i the way they used them made me so much happier because i was worried they were going to just base the season and just cobble something together from the remains of season 1 and 3 but what they ended up doing is actually just taking those characters and just you doing a, a a natural progression. Yeah, it was an extension of their seasons, not just no. let's put it together, let's mash it up. And- yeah, let's mash it up for the fans. No, they actually like because you had characters that had grown. Zoe was a lot less. Oh my god, my vagina kills people, and was more like I'm going to teach these chicks how to protect themselves. Like, <laughs> I mean, her vagina the, killed people. My vagina killed I people. forget that. Um, and they brought back all these characters, and you you didn't skip a beat with them. Like they, like they were; those characters were back from the moment you left off with them. 
Yeah. And I really liked that. And I really, li- I just also liked where you got to see Madison again. Yeah. Like, and props to Sarah Paulson. For right? The 47 hardest. 47 fucking characters this the season. The hardest working lesbian in the world, <laughs> let me tell you. Because. Like and she did a, she did an awesome job with every single one of those damn yeah. characters every oh, yeah. single fucking one. Now, she, did any of her characters interact with each other? No, no, they came super close to. Okay, because I was wondering if she was pulling like a Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black, or if <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no, no. The closest it was was in the third episode where they. Where it kind of like stops the beginning part of the story, and then we wrap back around to and like tell where we how we got to that oh, point. Oh yeah, Cordelia just missed her. Yeah, they <laughs> basically kill everybody, and then that's when the witches come in, and that was like so. It literally was just like one character died, and she walks in as another one. Like yeah. it, it kind of you never really missed the beat without having Sarah Paulson around, <laughs> but it worked really well. Right, yeah. and then we got Jessica Lang back. Oh yeah, for a couple of episodes. Not even skipping a beat with ha- with with uh, with her either. Bitch, when Angela Bassett rolled the fuck out, that I hair? was like, "Yes, bitch, when you she, better work." Just like you serve him well, sis. I was like, "Oh damn, oh shit, we're back." Okay, yeah, fucking it- knife to the throat, <laughs> bitch. She was she was a shock. When that bitch rolled uh-huh. out with them braids down past the ass, I was like, yes, queen. He subdued, I, I've been calling them Murphyisms. He, he got into these weird habits after season three where I think he was kind of trying to go a little bit too crazy with things. Like there was that thing with Hotel where they, when after Jessica Lang was gone, they kept trying to push like Lady Gaga as like the big female. She's the new Jessica character. Lang of this series. But like that season didn't really have a Jessica Lang. No. And it was more about the detective. And I was like, see, now the promos got me confused what the story's about. Yeah. And that, and, and, and nobody and, knew what the fuck Roanoke was about. No, and Ro- <laughs> Roanoke was just nuts. No one still knows what Roanoke was about. I like that Ro- six question mark. That question mark's still there for me. Yeah. So, um, so Except this when one... Trixie Mattel showed up in the <laughs> in the final episode. But this one felt a lot more cohesive, and they knew exactly what they were doing, and they didn't go completely off the rails. So I was, I was really, I was, I was actually very pleasantly surprised with this season. Yeah, and it it caught me off guard because it took me a second when the finale, like the end part of the finale, almost the epilogue, if you will. I d- it took me a second to realize, oh. These are the two kids from the beginning of the series that nobody knew what the fuck they were there for. Uh-huh. And then they were killed. And you were like, why were these people here? Oh, but dad knew what they were there for. And then it came back around and I was like, oh. And the first of them, I'm like, y'all are like 19 years old. And then a year later, you're having a kid after bumping into each other at a, like, in a fucking rally in front of a coffee Ooh. shop. I'm like, y'all move really fucking quick. Satan was working his magic to get y'all to bump uglies right quick before that happened. It's always a plan B. <laughs> Just but not dumb. using plan B. <laughs> so was there any sort of hit towards the next season? No. You know, I just I completely forgot to even look for that. Uh, Bal- Balenciaga moment. Well, and Balenciaga didn't even work for what it was. Yeah. No, no. That, I think everybody thought that was what it was and it wasn't yeah. anything. No, it was the mug with the top hat on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Honestly, I would really like him to go into a completely different like universe with it. Well, I mean, it, if if they're all if every season is connected, 
now, I mean, the way this is we don't need to out, use the rest of them. Yeah, the other ones we're fine without going back to those. You can. We hinted at ho- we had some hotel. Uh huh. We had murder house. Mm-hmm. We had coven. And and there was mention of um of a Montgomery from Freak Show, not Dandy, but a member of the Montgomery well, family. No, because but that's from oh that's from the guy who built the murder houses of yes. Montgomery. Yes, yes. right. You're and right. Madison's relative because mm-hmm. Madison's a Montgomery also, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep. Uh, but that's with the Black Dahlia and all that, which was in one of their later. That was Hotel. Yeah. Where they discussed that. That's where that all came back up. Because I'm like, I know that they went back to like the origins of the murder house. Mm-hmm. So you had you had your hotel, you had your coven, you had your murder house all tied in with Apocalypse. So that's four out of eight seasons. We don't really need to go back to Asylum. So, so, so you don't want a cult of freak show people living in an asylum in Roanoke? No. As a no. season? No, I'm no, good. No, we're good. <laughs> it's almost like they, they, they were like, all right, these are our four best. Let's go ahead and just... I, I Seriously, I think yeah. that's because they really were. And it made an amalgam of a good season. I would love to see that kind of put away. Yes. And then let's start up a new little thing. And then maybe down the line, if it still goes on longer, you can tie in some stuff back. But I, I, I would like to see a new, fresh crop of ideas come up yeah. for it. But we'll see what happens, because I think it's greenlit for another two seasons. I would like something more like Eldrick Horror, like Cthulhu sort of sort of thing. Yeah, I, I don't see Ryan Murphy going down that path with it, like, no. in general, because he's very much, like, campy horror. But I don't know. We, honestly, after Cult, I was not giving him any leeway, <laughs> and they at least earned back some of my respect with this season. All right, so before we continue on talking about more pop culture-ness that is making us oh so happy right now, we want you to let us know how we're doing. You can find us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and give us a star rating. You can leave us a review. Those help other listeners find us. And word of mouth. So if you're enjoying what we do here on Flame On, then let your friends know. Let your family know. It's the holiday season. Maybe if your family is getting on your nerves, you can go listen to some back episodes of Flame On or other shows on the Nerdy Show Network. And if you do enjoy us very much so and you want to help support the Nerdy Show Network and us, then go to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show. You can give as little as a dollar. You can give as much as you want every month. There are great bonuses for you to unlock. And if you want the money to come to us, you can even leave a little note and they'll earmark that money to help us keep this show going. If you want to follow us online or on the socials, as the kids nowadays aren't calling it, but I'm going to keep going with it. <laughs> the so- the soch. The soch meads. Uh, you can go to flameonshow.com. Uh, you can find out about us. And uh, at the bottom of the page, you can find the chicklets to all of our social media accounts. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the like. So check us out, flameonshow.com and patreon.com forward slash nerdy show. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right. We got a couple more topics before we uh, close out with our one ups for this month. Eric, give me one more topic. So Disney dropped a couple live action trailers this week, which were not the first for these movies, but they were just additional trailers. Mary Poppins Returns. They dropped a new trailer, just longer, has more outfit changes. Every time I see a trailer for Mary Poppins Returns, I'm I'm more and more on board. Yeah, like I feel like I'm at the point that I could enjoy it because I know that Lin Manuel is not actually playing Bert. Yeah, he he's like um, Bert was his mentor or something like that. Yeah, so I feel okay with that um, that he is not directly Dick Van Dyke. Um, well, because well, Dick Van Dyke's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think it looks good. I'm excited for it. And then the other one was Dumbo. I'm not emotionally prepared for that. Like when they finally showed what he looked like in the clown makeup. Oh, that was, I want to, I want to hug him. I want to cry and I want to hug him. And I'm just like, Oh God, no, like poor sweet baby. Yeah. It is kind of interesting that, I mean, it makes sense that they replaced, I mean, the mouse is still there. Mm Mm-hmm. But the mouse is not basically speaking for Dumbo anymore. It's the kids now. Um, so that's a little different, but it's still going to be good. It's still going to break your heart when they take the mama away. Right. After she gets done singing Baby Mine. Oh. Uh, oh. I've never seen Dumbo, the actual animated film. I saw the like teaser trailer, or I, I might have actually been the first trailer, and I was uh. like, I don't know if I can watch this. <laughs> if if you if you watch the original Dumbo, you'll swear that Tim Burton got in a time machine and made an animated <laughs> version of it. Because like I went back and when I heard he was doing it, I went back and watched it, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like, "Oh Jesus!" Like, yeah, it's there. There are some. It's one of those Disney movies that I'm like, I will watch when I feel like feeling feelings. But you can also tell it was of its time, very much. Yeah. Because the whole uh, Jim Crow's, yep, <laughs> yep. You mean they're not going to be in this new version of it? No. Yep. Nope. <laughs> and when they say that, uh, never see an elephant cry, but it's all Jim Crowy. We, we we. I don't know how we, to say. I hit the fast forward when that happens. <laughs> I'm like, let's get back to the cute elephant. <laughs> And it also has the trippy pink elephants on parade. That oh, makes you god. think you're on acid. Oh my god! That, <laughs> Even though I've never tripped acid, that, so I don't really know what it's like. That gave me but... fucking nightmares. Like, but I mean, that's like Huffle Up and Woozles type yeah. shit. <laughs> I saw that movie after the Huffle Up and Woozles thing, and I was like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. But those were the couple things I saw. That nice. were interesting. All right, BJ, you got one more topic before uh, we close this out? Uh, yeah, just I got two little small quickie things. Um, so we mentioned uh, LGBT representation a lot today because just about every single show we talked about had a lot of representation. I got to talk about the 
best fucking one that surprised the shit out of me, and that is She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Holy fucking God, that is the queerest television show I've watched in my life, but it is done so masterfully, I can't even get over it. Just the characterizations of everybody... And the way everybody interacts with everyone, like having having Adora as part of the Horde was the best story thing they could have done for the series because her initial breakdown after she leaves the Horde is probably like one of the best written like kids cartoons things ever. But she she can't it, sleep with any w- w- without anybody in the same bed with her. Wasn't there... But like, doesn't that follow the original? Like, didn't Ador- wasn't Adora part? I thought of- she was like a slave. Like, I thought originally she was a slave. But I can, f- I, I guess, can't I need to check that. But I, I feel like that's not too far removed from the original series. No, I feel like the way they're they're doing it now is certainly a different take on it. But I don't feel like that's completely out of the realm of what. Yeah, but the world building they've done. Um, I want to be best friends with Bo because he is the most adorable character of all time. He just wants to be friends with everybody and straight up wants to have sex with a pirate. Like, just <laughs> who doesn't? Right. <laughs> um, I can't wait. I love his his uh, fresh Prince of Bel Air early '90s haircut. Like everything about Bo is great. All the characters are entertaining. Um. It's uh, the whole thing uh, with Catra and Adora is great because like Catra and Adora grew up together. They have effectively slept in the same bed for years. And when they're separate, it's very much like a jilted lover sort of situation. Like a piece of them is missing from each other. Exactly. Like like they neither one of them particularly wants to hurt the other one, but both of them are very upset that the other one's not there. So just the way... The way, even if it's a platonic relationship, the way they explore relationships in the show are very, are very positive. Like, no matter the character. Um, Mermista is probably my spirit animal because they're like, hey, can you help us uh, get to this access panel? Oh, I guess I have to do something now. Fine. <laughs> I will do this. But I'm going to complain about it the whole time. Uh, but... It's yeah no it's great I can't wait for the 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 avalanche of cosplayers that are just about to descend on the conventions over the next couple of years because it's going to be very colorful and then a quick nod to something else that surprised the fuck out of me I officially like Titans I feel dirty saying it since it started airing I've heard more positive things than negative things so the which per- is completely opposite from when the trailer first came out so the person who did the trailers are is must be the person that edited uh suicide squad because when you watch the show and get to the trailer parts that are actually in proper context they they make perfect sense and they're really important to the story um but yeah no i the characterizations just keep getting better and better um they've introduced jason todd in the most recent episode and Jason Todd beating the tar out of police officers and then leaving saying, yeah, fuck the police and breaks a cop's nose and keeps walking like, yeah, no, that's Red Hood right there in the making. So it's it's really surprisingly good. And if you happen to have the DC Universe uh, streaming service, do yourself a favor and actually give it like one or two episodes. The Robin is Dick Grayson, though, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So how does that work? If 
Dick Grayson is Robin, but then Jason Todd is there. Very <laughs> angstily. Um, it doesn't really for the comics, but it works for the show. Well, so, like, we're, we're getting proto-Nightwing. Like, he's literally, like, a hair's breadth away from being Nightwing. Is he, like, detached from Batman? Oh, yeah. But he's not... Well, I mean, I get the whole fuck Batman. He, Have you gotten to that part? Yeah, that was, like, that was like the first five minutes in the first episode. Oh, okay. Um, it's... With the characterization of Dick Grayson at this point in his life, it's very he he is addicted to the life now. He is completely addicted to being a vigilante. Dick is addicted. Dick is addicted. Um and he addicted to pussy because that man is slut. Um <laughs> uh, we do not <laughs> slut shame at this table, ya whore. Fine. He is addicted to pussy. He likes it. Um <laughs> he likes it a lot. Um I mean choices, but whatever. But uh but you have um he's become a detective he he is good at his job however he keeps running into roadblocks where the system is failing and what do you do when the system is failing he breaks out his briefcase which is all of his robin shit cracks it open and beats some fucking heads in but he's also starting to he knows he's going to go too far if he keeps going the way he's going is this does this take place at Bloodhaven? Um, no, I, it starts in Detroit. So so far, we've gone to Detroit. Um, right now, they're in Chicago, and then we went to like a suburb in like rural Illinois. So right now, it's just kind of taking. It's gone from Detroit to Illinois, and it's kind of just staying in Illinois. They have mentioned. Uh, I know they've mentioned Central City, and I think they've mentioned Bloodhaven. Um, somebody mentioned Bloodhaven, the Starfire. Gotcha. Um. But yeah, no, Dick Grayson kind of in this weird transitory stage. Um, the Hawk and Dove episode was actually really good. Um, and it gives you it gives you a good little litmus test of you have Hawk and Dove who are vigilantes, but they're start trying to get out of the life. And then you have Dick Grayson, who is thoroughly terrifying right now. They get cornered by 12 people with guns. Dick literally comes in and almost murders all of them. And both Hawk and Dove are like, Oh, you, you did all that. That was that was a thing you did. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're like you know. Dove's like you weren't kidding. All right, you are going a little too far. Um. Oh, and they dusted off some old villains, the Nuclear Family, uh, which are from like Action Comics number twelve or something. Yeah, that doesn't sound familiar to me they're, at all. They're old, old villains, um, just essentially like a normal nuclear family that are um, agents for were a shady they, were organization. Were they ever in any of the animated universe? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they've used them in the animated universe. And they think they use, like, the Melting Man. They, they're they dusting off a lot of, like, lower... I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Professor Pigs pops up at some point. Like, they're dusting off a lot of older villains. Um, maybe or maybe not. I mean, Gotham used him. That's true. Go- <laughs> Gotham, Gotham did use him. So, um, but speaking of, on a tangent to that, <laughs> did you see that Agents of Shield got renewed for a seventh season? Yep. Before six comes out. Yep. And we all thought that shit was just going away at six. Uh, they thought they thought it was going away at five. Apparently, we're getting another couple seasons. Is Agents of Shield going to turn into Supernatural and never die? I don't know, but it looks like they're going to go to summer, so it looks like they're going to shrink it down and make it more of a companion piece, which yeah. is what it should have been, and might actually work wonders for it. Yeah. Now that they get to kind of reboot what the show is, I think it'll work. 
So Titans. Shocked. Shocked. Right. Like, absolutely surprised, but I've been enjoying it. Uh, I can't wait for the Doom Patrol spinoff. Um, Brendan Fraser is Robot Man. Didn't so, know he was still kicking around. So how are, do Beast Boy's transformations look okay? Now we're getting into the <laughs> now we're, now we're getting now we're getting into the critiquing portion. Um, Beast Boy is a very obvious part of their limited budget. Um, they have introduced kind of a thing where he is still learning his powers, and as of right now, due to his mental state, the only thing he can transform into is a tiger. Okay, it's still green. Uh, I was I was gonna say halfway into a gorilla so that way he's still humanoid with just extra fur um and then also because he doesn't have his uh uniform that transforms with it yet oh he's just naked every time he there there are there's so far i've counted four times where he goes to transform either in training or a fight where he has to run away real quick and then all of a sudden a green tiger shows up yeah, and that's the. <laughs> but Starfire does make a make a comment where she's just like, where she turns around while he's practicing. She's just like, if this wasn't a drill, we'd be dead by now. <laughs> so they're very aware of how awkward it is. For all the other animals, it's just a picture, a hand drawn picture of like a horse. And it's like Beast Boy turned into a horse now. <laughs> it's so hopefully with with things being more positive for it, um, they'll they'll get a little bit of a bigger budget. We'll see. We'll see. But you recommend it, so if you have uh, the DC Universe streaming service, go check it out. All right. We've reached our favorite part of this and every cast episode. It is our one-ups, the things that are giving us life. I will start, because mine might be the longest, depending on what you guys have. But I want to talk about Mariah Carey. Maybe I'm the only one in the vicinity that wants to talk about Mariah Carey, but we are going to. So Mariah has had a pretty fantastic week, I want to say. She dropped her album Caution. It will have been out for a week when this episode drops. And it is a really solid album. It may not be the best work she's ever put out, but considering the last two albums which have been over the course of the last, oh, I don't know, like maybe 10 years? E equals MC squared, which I still, I liked. I liked E equals MC squared. Did not have the same resonance as uh, Emancipation of Mimi. And me, I am Mariah, the elusive Chanteuse, <laughs> which I did not really like. It had some, it had a couple of good songs, but I think she was trying really hard to adapt to current trends and it did not work for it equals mc squared was really a continuation of emancipation of mimi it just didn't have the same caliber of of musical hits that uh emancipation had the elusive chanteuse album was rougher it really was and then she had a couple of songs that she dropped to try to kind of spur a little bit of a, a return there was, I, it took me forever to remember it, but you had Triumphant, which I think had Slick Rick and somebody else on the track, but it was mostly them doing the heavy lifting and she would chime in on the choruses and I'm like, bitch, this is your song. Why are you like the least part of this thing? And then after the E series Mariah's World, 
where she publicly, you know, went through the breakup with her billionaire fiance to go back to a 24 year old backup dancer with no money. Mm-hmm. Um, if she wanted, if she wanted a man who had no money that was going to love her and feast, just put tons and tons of praise on her, I'm available. I can spend her money, <laughs> and I probably know just as much about her as he does. Anywho, <laughs> uh, she put out the song called "I Don't," where she famously or infamously wore the wedding dress she was supposed to marry the billionaire in in the video, and it was okay. It wasn't a bad song. It just wasn't great. But since that came out, uh, she publicly came out as being diagnosed with bipolar disorder and was getting treatment for that. And I think that did a world of wonder for her as a person and as an artist because this album is solid. The, uh, the For Fun single that came out before the lead single uh, GTFO was cute. It was catchy. It's very kind of just, it's very Mariah-esque, but basically talking about somebody that, you know, screwed you over or cheated on you and was all about their friends and not you. And, you know, how about you get the fuck out? I was like, okay, not bad. I'm all right. And then she dropped With You, which came out October 4th, I want to say, which is the day that we went to Comic-Con. It's that morning when I woke up. I'm like jamming to it and at my parents' house, getting ready to go to the city for Comic-Con. And that was the point where I was like, I'm ready for this album. And then they put out um, A No-No and The Distance. Both really good songs. A No-No samples. Um, B.I.G.'s part from Crush On You. Uh, and The Distance has Ty Dolla Sign on it. Fantastic. Album is great. Saw her on Jimmy Fallon the other night. The interview. She's coming across very human. Again, she's coming across more yeah. down to earth. You would, you saw that, right, Eric? Yeah, it was a it was a good interview. I think <laughs> Jimmy was funny because he really just wanted to talk about the Christmas albums and <laughs> the fact that Glitter is now number one back on, on iTunes. iTunes. <laughs> justice hashtag Justice for Glitter. Um, but he and it was kind of an interesting point that he wanted um, caution to be the one to knock glitter off of the number one so that way she'd have number one and two albums which i really <laughs> wonder how long it i don't know if it's still at number one on itunes i think itunes updates more than just weekly like billboard does right uh but yeah that was that was the other part of the good week she's having her fans uh the big issue is that she doesn't do songs from glitter because one of the things that i think is amazing and kind of interesting is her talking about that point of her life because that was the big breakdown right that's when she infamously went on trl and stripped down into like booty shorts and a tank top and pushed an ice cream cart out onto the stage and was kind of incoherent and all this which she was on trl the morning of they taped it on uh thursday and oh, aired it friday morning no I remember and she that. talked about like this she was like oh i thought carson was gonna be here she's like the last time i was here his earpiece was acting up so he couldn't hear what i was saying <laughs> i just wanted to give my fans ice cream like the fact that she can like everybody needs a little therapy <laughs> the fact that she can like look back at that point and actually be able to kind of address it in that kind of manner and then on fallon she basically said she's like that album almost killed me like that almost yeah. ruined my life 
Yeah. And for it to Be- come back. Because of all the blowback from the movie and, and well, everything. Oh, yeah. it, the album came out on September 11, 2001, yeah. which obviously was not the best time for anything. Uh, the movie was supposed to come out that Friday. It got pushed back a couple of weeks. That movie made, I think, $5 million. I thought you were just going to say $5. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, yeah, I was there when it opened. <laughs> and But the fact that her fans had been pushing for her to do songs from Glitter started this hashtag Justice for Glitter campaign, which in turn had them all buy the four ninety nine digital copy on iTunes, which <laughs> it crept up. And with the only album that when it made this jump, this 8,000% jump, almost 9,000% jump, was A Star is Born. So the it was like A Star is Born, Glitter. <laughs> and then the next day, Glitter took it out and was number one on the iTunes chart, like overall album iTunes, uh, overall chart for iTunes. So putting out a really solid album, Glitter after 17 years making number one on the iTunes charts and my own little personal thing. I got tickets to go see her in Chicago. So March, I will be in Chicago watching Mimi perform. And after watching the performance on Fallon, where she sang, that was all live. Yeah. Because you could tell it was live. It sounded fantastic. I love that performance. I'm super excited to see her in Chicago. Good. Yeah. She she just seems so much better. Yeah. Than, oh, yeah. Than I've seen her in the past couple of years. Uh, because also... Um, I don't think you watched The Voice. No, I need to go back and but, watch that. Um, but for the knockout round, she was the key advisor, so she was helping coach all of the contestants off all four teams. And a, it was just great to see every single contestant almost break down when they first walked into the room and oh. saw Mariah Carey there. Oh. And then, um. One of the girls was singing a Mariah Carey song, so I had to sing it in front of Mariah Carey. Ooh, <laughs> uh, which was funny. She did fine, but um, but it was just really interesting to see um, the kind of producer mentality of Mariah Carey because I know she's a songwriter, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen that side of her at all most people don't you don't really get to see that she'll post pictures of her being in the studio like behind the the board right but you don't ever really think about her that way and honestly i'm sure most people don't even especially now don't think of her as a songwriter but from the start of her career before she got her deal she has been writing her songs yeah uh but it was really good to see the way she was interacting with the contestants and coaching them and being like well, you should sing it this way, or what if the band played this this way? It would help everything. And it was just, I think it was really good for her, really good for the show, just really good for everybody all the way around. I'm really happy for her. Like, And it's weird to say that about a celebrity that I don't know. <laughs> but being a fan of hers for 28 years now, and seeing her rocket to superstardom, and then see her falter and have a really rough time kind of getting back to that point, when she like publicly came out and talked about being bipolar and getting treatment for it and all this, like it was amazing to see because you can now see where the struggle was and it makes so much more sense. And then to see how she is now and like how her public persona is now where she's kind of gotten to a point where she's like, she's more human and less like lofty, crazy diva. And at the same time, sassy as fuck where she's still like, 
whatever. Like, shit happens. And it, it's great to see that. I don't think she'll propel herself back to, like, being that amazing, like, icon of, like, the current trend. But I can see her, like, this looks like it'll start that adult, like, that real adult contemporary right part of her life where yeah. she'll put out a couple more albums it'll be like that adult contemporary r&b with like something that the kids will enjoy as well like i i, I see that being something for the children <laughs> something that she'll be able to continue on doing for you know another couple of years and be able to end her career on a positive note versus all that craziness that could have potentially ended it for her so that's my mariah talk thanks for coming <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, BJ, what is your one-up? Uh, mine's just the trailer. Uh, dropped, I think, last Thursday, this past Thursday. Um, Detective Pikachu. I was not, <laughs> one, I was not emotionally prepared for a live-action Pokemon movie. So let's just, let's just start there. It's live-action. I knew they were making the movie. I just figured it was an animated movie because it's about Pikachu solving crimes for Pokemon. Nope. Um, it stars Justice Smith from the Get Down as a detective son uh, who goes missing, and for some whatever reason, he can hear um, Pikachu talk, who is voiced by Ryan Reynolds. The father goes missing. The father goes yeah. missing. Yeah, the father and goes missing. In the trailer, it's like you always wanted to be a trainer. He's like, I don't want that anymore. And then he can hear Pikachu. And, and then we then we see a Pikachu almost get eaten by a Charizard. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. This is this is where we're going with this. Um, I actually m- most of the only one that looks disturbing is Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime looks terrifying. Yes. Um, <laughs> can we talk about how disturbing Jigglypuff looks? No, no, Jigglypuff no, looks no, 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 good because thank God Jigglypuff has hair. Because if Jigglypuff was just flesh, <laughs> that would just be with, a singing, with a curly like flesh that would lump. Be, that would just be a singing testicle uh, <laughs> on top of that table. Uh, but but. Honestly, most uh, they showed like some Greninja running around. Like it, it actually looks good, and I'm surprised by that. Uh, I want to see live action Eevee. Oh god, I, I want, want to, uh, live action Eevee. They've got to put live action Eevee in it. There better be just, I just will, because of the game that just came out. I will boycott the movie. <laughs> I want I, one ticket will not be sold. I want to see the full stable of evolutions. <gasps> oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, so like it was, it was. I didn't even like. I knew that it was in my periphery that they were doing a Detective Pikachu movie. I just didn't realize that it was going to be live action and that Ryan Reynolds was even attached to it in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I like Justice Smith as an actor, so it'll be. I'm, I'm so far. I'm pretty much down. I'm sure they'll release another trailer soon, but it actually looks pretty damn good. Yeah, it was very surprising how well done it looked, and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. I need to go see this. Yeah. So. Um, people are saying they can't separate Ryan Reynolds' voice from Deadpool. Um, Peekapool? That's what yeah. makes it even better. I No, like, <laughs> it It literally, like, I loved when, uh, in the trailer, when he's like, can't you hear him? And then she's like, oh, cute little thing. Pika, Pika. And I was like, oh, that's the Pikachu voice I know. <laughs> and then we went to Ryan Reynolds, and I'm like, damn it, Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> because when they first announced that they were going to be making a Detective Pikachu movie, um, which I didn't know anything about the game that it's kind of based on, mm. air quotes, um, but 
in the game, Detective Pikachu has a very gruff voice. So fans were a little bit like, upset it wasn't Danny DeVito. Exactly. Uh, and there is actually somebody cut a fan trailer using Danny DeVito as oh, the voice. Oh, is that why that exists? Yes. <laughs> Got it. Pulling lines from uh, Always Sunny in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I have to see that, but wow. yeah, I'm 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 down. It looks it looks actually surprisingly good. All right, Detective Pikachu. Eric, what is your one up? My one up. I had one which was going to be just me getting tickets to see Hamilton, which yay. But through the course of Danny DeVito, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, my one up is going to be the season finale of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, uh, as soon as you mentioned, I was, I <laughs> yeah. was thinking about um, it. Honestly, I have seen maybe one full episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia in my life. Not because I thought it was any sort of bad show, just because it's not something I've ever watched. And honestly, I still haven't seen this full season finale. All I've seen is the actual dance that Mac does. <laughs> Which, because, and let's just, because it's, if you don't know what's going on, is this the coming out dance? Yes, this is him coming out to his father yes. in prison. And it's not done with any sort of tongue-in-cheek or humor to it, which is interesting given the show that it's on, but it's just a very real vulnerable moment for Mac um, in him dealing with his own sexuality and coming to terms with it uh, versus his religious upbringing. And how the dance represents the whole push and pull he has with trying to reconcile those two parts of his life and trying to explain that to his father. And also um, Danny DeVito's character, who really doesn't understand why Mac's struggling with it. Because his character would just be fine with whatever and just doesn't understand why he can't just come to terms with it. And so... If anything, it explains to Frank, who's Danny DeVito's character, what is going on with him emotionally. And at the end, Frank is the one who's like, I get it now. And it was just to see them put so much effort and just beauty and just hard work. Because I read an article about all of the training he had to do for that. Because I remember seeing a Twitter post months ago where it was him all cut and ripped and basically him saying, oh yeah, it only takes cutting out all carbs, working out three times a day, having a trainer, doing this, 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 completely easy. Why doesn't everybody do it? Just kind of tongue in cheeking it about getting ripped because the previous season he had been fat back, I guess. So he had actually purposely put on like he had, 30 pounds. That's four. been for a while because that yeah. started. Oh, God. I mean, this show's been on for like 4,000 years at this right? point. I think it was like maybe four or five years ago. He had yeah. put on a bunch of weight and like that had kind of been the whole thing. And I mean, he's hot yeah. either which way. Yeah. He's, yeah. I would, yeah. I, yeah. I would let him spit in my mouth during <laughs> flu season. <laughs> Come through, call that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but just hearing the story about how they planned the dance and how much thought and work put they put into it, I just thought it was a beautiful moment. That's all awesome. around. And so, nice. Come on, LGBT representation, even if he is not an LGBT member. Right. Come on, allies, making good television moments for the community. 
All right. Well, that does wrap up this month's episode of our... Basically, this is our cast now, all right? We've thrown everybody else <laughs> off the show. This is what you get. Uh, you thank may, you. You may get oral for a recap. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 He's been working so much. Uh, he does want to be on the on the episodes with us, but he has been working at the store. He's been doing karaoke. He is studying, getting ready to take his uh, real estate exam yeah. and move forward with that portion of his life. And I give him total credit for hustling and making this shit work so he'll be back eventually we'll do some recaps and we'll get all that but uh, uh brian is traveling again so they'll, they'll all be back around but you know apparently our travel schedules have been very limited as of late so we you just get love us. the listeners more right oh, yeah do. clearly it has we, nothing to do with the fact that i have no life we appreciate you more than they do <laughs> but thank you guys for listening thank you for giving me meaning <laughs> Thank you, BJ and Eric, for joining me. And uh, we will be back in two weeks with another microsode. BJ's got some topics that we're going to be delving into. Oh, I got stuff. I'm scared. You should be too. (laughs) But I think this will be fun. And uh, (laughs) we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Make sure you check us out at playmonshow.com. Follow us on the social medias. Uh, Check out nerdyshow.com, patreon.com forward slash nerdyshow to help support us and the Nerdy Show Network. And uh, yeah, give us a rating or leave a review or tell some friends and uh, spread the flame on love around to those that you want to this holiday season. And with that being said, I think the fuck I'm going home. Bye. 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 Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.